Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me. And as you can probably tell by the sound of my feet, that I'm actually out for a walk. Uh, and I'm doing that, well it'll become evident why I'm doing that. When you hear more about what's been going on this week, it'll probably make far more sense. So we'll see how we get on. Uh, and if you're hearing this, it's worked out okay and the recording's worked out okay. Uh, but we'll kick off with a bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> Bearing in mind it's half past eight on Friday evening, it seems a long way back to Monday. And Monday was the last day in LA, and I recorded the last bit of the TFM episode from last week, the Californication episode, the NAM, the NAM cast, I suppose, and uh, got that out of the way, had a bit of breakfast, met up with Jason, and we went for our, our last little visit, the last coffee shop that we went to, and that's where I finally pushed the button on the episode and got that out so i know it's late and apologies it was late um but it was it was a crazy kind of strange kind of week in terms of getting everything together so it was hard getting things done on schedule so that that kind of was the first part of monday and then we had the last part of the the trip and i guess there's a few little things to tie up one last little thought about a couple of last little thoughts about la and one apology and the apology was that and somebody put it in the notes and it's absolutely right um I kept saying LA when I talk about Anaheim, and of course, Anaheim's Orange County. It's not, yes, it's South California, and it's South LA, but it's not actually LA itself. And um, rightly so, because I would be the same if people came here and said, well, you know, I'm in wherever, and it wasn't wherever, I would get quite pernickety about it, because you just do. Um, so I need to try better next time not to I guess not to be making sure that when I'm saying Anaheim, I'm giving it, you know, because it is Orange County and making sure I get those things right. So I'll see what I can to do better on that next time. So that's the first clarification. And I guess the last, the last little thing I want to talk to, I'm just about to walk past somebody who's going to think I'm absolutely start raving bonkers, but we'll go with that because I need to find out sooner or later. And then the last, hi, the last little thing I need to, uh, I guess the last thing I noticed was we got to the, we got to the airport we went for a drink and there was a Pret-a-Manger at LAX which I really was I wasn't prepared for a Pret-a-Manger at LAX airport of all the brands I expected to see that wasn't the one I expected to to see necessarily and I went and I ordered chocolate croissant tastes exactly the same uh, as back home uh, it's that Peter K moment isn't it they taste exactly the same um, but I also I also had a flat white and it 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 came and it was huge and it's just that one difference between, well, sim simple answer. Nobody in the US knows how to make a flat white. It, it, and it sounds horrible, but unless you find an independent barista who's really got the European thing nailed, then you, you, know, you order a flat white and the first thing they say is, well, what size? And it's like, well, what do you mean what size? A flat white's the, the little small one with just a little bit of warm milk. And, and yet you get, you get these things that are grande and double grande and whatever comes next I don't know I never quite understand where venti fit in all this but so it, it's if you can do anything for me before I come next time I know it's a big ask and I get it because I know you like your drinks big but 
can just a, a flat white. In fact, the best flat white we had when we were there was what somebody made us and called it a Cortado. And it wasn't a Cortado, it was flat white. So um, that, that was the secret. The secret to getting a, flat, a decent flat white in, in LA, and that one was at Venice Beach actually, is to order a Cortado uh, for those few places that make a Cortado. But if there was a, it sounds awful, doesn't it? It sounds like I'm coming back and I'm moaning. And it's only because I'm used to what I'm used to, and I guess that's the problem. I should accept the fact that drinks in the US are different. But if you could nail a flat white for next time, that would be really, really, really appreciated, because I don't need as much. You're actually giving me more than I want. You're giving me more cup than I want, you're giving me more things to recycle than I want, and you're giving me far more milk than I want, when actually just the same amount of caffeine and a lot less milk and we'll be fine. Tuesday. So we're going to talk Tuesday, but for those of you who might be wondering where I am in the walk, I've just come past the cricket club in the village. Uh, you'll have heard some voices because there's clearly been something on at the cricket club tonight, whether it's been in the, uh, in the clubhouse or some training or something. It's just dropped dark, so there might have been something that finished maybe half an hour ago and they were just finishing off. But I'm now, I'm now moving on to a road called uh, Southgate Road and Southgate Road in the village has a theatre on it. So the, the, the little village theatre is called Southgate Theatre and I'm on that road now and I'm kind of heading towards the outskirts of the village. A little bit of a little bit of an incline and then a nice little drop and then maybe I'll have a rest on the next incline in terms of recording just so I don't sound like I really am about to, about to have a coronary. Um, the journey back was long. Uh, and I think there's something about, if you miss sleep on that flight, bearing in mind you go through the night and you, you give the eight hours back effectively, you lose that eight hours, you know, that you kind of gained on the way, or whether you gain or lose, I'm not quite sure which way around it is. The point is, you get on the, the plane, and by the time you get off, 18 hours of your life has gone by, but in reality it's only been 10, if that makes sense. Because you get off the plane at sort of, ten, well, we landed at, just before 11 o'clock on the Tuesday morning, but I got on the plane at 3.30 on the, uh, on the Monday afternoon, and 10 hours later, it's, it's nearly midday in the UK. So you kind of get the, get the vibe. Now, I didn't manage, I managed an hour's catnap, so I knew I was in trouble. I knew the day was gonna be long, because suddenly I've got a full day to go, having had the best part of the full day in LA, and I've, and I've not had any sleep. What I did notice um, amongst the non-sleeping was how my kind of taste in, I'm getting old, I must be getting old, because my, my taste in films when I'm on the plane. When I first went over, I would watch, you know, sort of, not, not overly violent things, but I'd, I'd watch action films. I'd seek out things like that to keep me intrigued and entertained. I'd be looking for sort of high-octane stuff or, for, or more high-octane stuff than you know, uh, whereas, whereas this time, I, I want a gentle. Uh, now, maybe it's because I'm still, I'm not a great flyer, and, I, and I'm never going to be a great flyer. I, I, my idea of flying is, is the mill pond experience, where you literally, the, the plane does not move in the air for 10 hours, and that's never going to happen, particularly on the way back if there's a bit of a, if you, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're catching a reasonable tailwind, and you're being, you're being pushed on the way home, which we, which we, you know, with 10 hours on the way back, it wasn't too bad. So I'm kind of looking for, I'm certainly avoiding all of those films that say not for nervous flyers. 
and I've not quite, I don't quite know how Bullet Train is not for nervous flyers, if I'm being honest, because surely that was a train, but I guess it's probably because it crashed. Um, so I ended up both ways. I watched four films, two, two on the way out, two on the way back, and all of them, I would say, were gentle. Um, I watched See How They Run on the way out, which is this wonderful kind of uh, slightly camp, slightly, you know, beaut beautifully comic um, murder mystery based around um, the mousetrap, um, which, was, which was great, thoroughly enjoyed it, thought it was fantastic. And then uh, I also watched, what did I watch as well? Oh, I forgot what I watched on the way. I'll, I'll come to that. I'll, I'll see if I can come up with that one and, and get that on the way, uh, on the way in a minute. Um, and then on the way back, I watched A Man Called Otto, which is a Tom Hanks thing. And I watched uh, what was the oh the one about uh, finding King Richard under the car park with Steve Coogan and Sally Hawkins. And that was nice and that was gentle. And I thoroughly enjoyed that as well. And I've completely forgotten what the other thing was. But the point I'm making is. It's all changed. That flight experience has all changed. There's, you slip into this age thing without really, without really noticing, and suddenly you're just watching nice things. Rather, oh, I actually remember the other thing I watched was The Bank of Dave, which I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, and was nice and was gentle. And yeah, that's just what I find myself, find myself looking for on the plane. You know, that and a, and a cup of tea. Seemed to be my experience of Virgin Atlantic on the way back. So, uh, not the rock and roll lifestyle I expected. Um, but just a hell of a day. I ended up stopping a couple of times on the way back uh, for power naps. Because that, that sort of three and a half hour journey in the car after no sleep was an absolute, an absolute killer. Um, and then when I got home... We were going to Bramall Lane to watch Sheffield United. Josh wanted to go and watch the football, so we did that. Got back in about 11. So it was a it was a lot of hours, 30 odd hours with kind of an hour's catnap and a couple of quick power naps on the motorway. So it was when I finally did fall into bed, I was ready beyond ready, is all I can really describe it as. <laughs> I've realised this week's just going to be like an update on, I suppose it's always an update on my week, but this really is quite a mundane update on my week. I mean, so far you've had the fact that I couldn't get a, a, a flat white the right size in America, the fact I didn't get any sleep on the plane, and the fact that I've started watching fairly kind of low risk, <laughs> low thrill films because I'm getting on a bit. So I apologise that it isn't kind of the normal political cut and thrust or me ranting about something. I'm probably, to be honest, I'm probably just a bit tired. The, the, uh, whilst I've not been affected with the whole kind of jet lag in the middle of the day, keeling over in, my, you know, in, in a meal or in my soup or what have you, I am definitely fatigued, there's no doubt. Uh, and it's been a fairly full on few days since I've, I've got back. So then maybe that's because I haven't, haven't been listening to podcasts, haven't really immersed myself in the news too much so I've, I've got things to catch up on i know there's the whole debacle today of dominic raab but i mean you could see that one coming from the moon so uh, while we will probably touch on that at some point I'm, I'm not ready to touch on it yet i'm going to see what the fallout is over the weekend because it's a it's a bit of a mess but we'll we'll leave that one hanging so all i'm really going to talk about was that that on wednesday um i took my dad back home um he's been with us five weeks uh, his recovery's going well 
Uh, doesn't look bad, he's lost a bit of weight, but that's to be expected when you have surgery around the area. It tends to really affect your appetite for quite a while. So he's, he's grazing a little bit. Um, I mean, he's not going anywhere, so he's not needing the energy, but he's, he's looked, you know, he's taken his toll. He looks a little older, he looks a little thinner. Uh, it's gonna take a while for him to, to bounce back, but I don't think it's taken its toll and it's not something that won't bounce back. So, um, I'm, I'm, and, I, and he needed to get home. He just needed to get home. We, we're, we're at the point where his nurse went round um, today, actually, and said he was fine to be at home. So as much as he went home Wednesday, and I've, you know, I popped in to see him today on the way, way back um, from somewhere, which I'll tell you about in a bit. But um, I'm pleased. I'm pleased he is there. I'm pleased for him. He's back in his own space. Uh, it's going to be difficult because he's going to. He's going to. He's quite stubborn, uh, he's very independent, and he's gonna to have to give up some of that. Both of those two things are gonna to have to soften a little because he is gonna need some help. It's, it's, his life is not going to be exactly the same as it was before. Um, but the outcome could have been so much worse. So it was, it was good to drop him off. Um, felt a little bit, obviously, you know, worried and, and what have you as, as I left him, but seeing him, seeing him again today, he'll, he'll be fine. Um, just gonna to have to, keep that kind of watching eye on him in the, in the short term it's been it's been really I, I can't believe it's been that long actually I can't believe we he's, he's been around for that long it didn't he didn't feel it didn't feel that that way and it's been nice to you know it certainly wasn't as difficult as it perhaps could have been um, you know I mean, and these things can can be kind of tense and what have you but everything fine everything good and we'll just see what the next sort of six to nine months worth of transition goes for him because he just needs to transition into a kind of a into a lifestyle that is a bit different but is one that that suits where he's at you know into in terms of his his, his medical sort of uh, position so um yeah nothing much to add other than that <laughs> There was a big bit of news this week, um, whilst I'm in the news thing, I suppose it's, it's all, you know, my dad going home is a, a relatively big bit of news, but there's another, another kind of, not big, unique, something that's never happened to before. So I got a parcel through the post um, and it said promo copy on the front. I was like, okay, I have no idea what this is. And I opened it up and it was a book on the invention of crowdfunding. And it was a book by Jeff Pelletier and um, Jeff sent me a copy. Um, go, go back, go back a notch. This is very much one for the Marillion fans. But back in sort of the late, the late 1990s, around that time, early 2000, not quite entirely sure on the date. So forgive me, Jeff, I got the dates wrong. But Marillion essentially were involved in the invention of crowdfunding. So they, there was a tour to the US and then an album, and the tour to the US. Um, a whole idea from a whole lot of people on message boards came up that essentially people would pay for tickets for a tour that hadn't been arranged if in paying for those tickets and raising the money and chipping in maybe a bit extra it would mean a tour to the US for Marillion fans for the band actually happened because Marillion had worked out that touring the US wasn't financially viable. So a whole load of, a whole load of stuff goes on and essentially this gets this happened and jeff's pivotal to all this happening in fact was was the, the, the key to all of this happening and what ultimately came about was a tour uh, there was a tour fund there was a special a special i don't know if it's an album or a dvd but there was a special release for those people who'd involved been involved in the tour fund 
And that is what led to Marillion then saying, well, can we do this with a record? And then they crowdfunded a record called Marbles. And what that allowed them to do was break free from a record company and suddenly the whole music world has changed. And the way, you know, how that came about is now a model for how so many bands, you know, conduct their business. They're free of record labels, they produce their own material themselves, they might have a licensing deal and yada, yada, yada. But back then, back in whenever, particularly to a point where it wasn't email like we think of it now, but it was message boards and it was, and it was entirely different and the internet was a funny kind of thing. Uh, with, with, you know, there weren't many web pages, if any web pages about, and it all looked a bit strange. Then this was a huge, huge, it was, a, it was I mean, it seems such a simple idea now, but it was a huge idea. And, and this book explains the story. So Jeff's, Jeff's got all the material they had at the time, and he's collected all this source material together, and he's put it into a book, and it's fantastic, and I got an advanced copy sent to me. Now, Jeff had sent me some of the, um, I don't know if he'd sent me all of the, of the, of the, the text, the manuscript, but he certainly sent me a large portion of it in PDF, and I, I I scanned through some of it, and I have to say I struggle with reading things electronically, so I read some of it. I didn't read it all, so I'm going to have to apologise to Jeff now. So I didn't read it all at the time. However, I am going to read the book because when it arrived in that, I've already sat and had, uh, you know, half an hour with it, just just flicking through bits, and in its current form, that kind of works for me. I'm a I'm a I'm a book person, so um, it was, and 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 there's a there's a. My name's in there. There's a little dedication there, which is absolutely fantastic, and I really don't deserve. And um, and it was and that is so. I've never been. I've never had a book dedication, you know, and I've never seen my name in print like that as a little kind of, you know, as part of the Marillion crew, really. And whether you're a Marillion fan or not, you will realise it means a lot to me. So um, so thanks, Jeff. I wanted to very publicly say thank you. And I've no idea how I can direct people to buying it. I don't know if you can buy it. I don't know how many you've had printed. I don't know whether it's going to be distributed through Racket, which is Marillion's, um, you know, shop or what have you. I have no idea. So if you want to let me know, I'll let everybody else know. Um, but, but great to see it in print. It looks fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I'm really, really impressed. Really, really touched. And I will be getting into it fairly shortly. And if I've got anything wrong, I'm sure Jeff or Julie will let me know. And we'll we'll update everybody and all the wait. Let's, it's not if it's what. So when you work out what I've got wrong, just let everybody know and update, and that'd be that'd be fine. Thank you. Friday. Okay, so let's get to the reason why I'm out for a walk and why I'm out for a, a late walk. I've been out all day. I left the house seven o'clock this morning. I've been to a funeral, and I've been to a funeral in Oxfordshire in in the. Uh, it was actually the crematorium, North Oxford crematorium near Woodstock. And this funeral was for um, a person I've known for about 20 years uh, called Miles Brook. And if you're a Corona Diaries, Diaries listener, you'll have heard Miles mentioned numerous times in the, in the, the podcast. And Miles uh, tragically had a bleed on the brain, um, uh, fell into a coma and then passed away a few weeks later. Now, the industry I've always worked in, the audio industry, um, and he worked on the commercial install side of the industry. So that's lots of, you know, ceiling speakers you would see in, in, in public buildings, fire alarms, all those kind of things. So those fire alarm systems normally involve lots and lots of ceiling speakers, lots and lots of what they call 100 volt line amplifiers. And he worked for companies that worked in, in that sort of space. And his last company worked with was a company called Toa. In fact, there are people from Toa there today. And we met in passing in the way that people in our industry do which is we meet at trade shows and we meet at events 
and whether it's a little event being held by a distributor or whether it's a, a sort of a big public event and you would find yourself meeting people at these events and in hotel lobbies and in airport lounges and all these kind of things and often because you got to know people then you would go out for a beer or you go out for a meal or there'd be half a dozen of you you know, you'd go for a meal as part of a group and, and, and people would be part of the group and you get to know people. And because it's a very transient lifestyle, often when you, when you meet people like this, you, you, get a, you get very acquainted very quickly. Because you're away from home, we're all leading the same lifestyle, we're all going through the same things, and very quickly you start talking and you find things in common and then you see people. And when you see people again, you know, you will go to a show like the Plaza Show and you'll go, oh, well, oh, will I see so-and-so, will I see so-and-so, will I see so-and-so? And Miles was very much in that list. Now, um, that's nothing unusual about that. Um, and the thing that came across was how lovely, lovely he was as a bloke. Just a really, really nice bloke. And there's some great people in the industry I work in. And it's quite a small industry as well, but there's some great people in the industry that, I, that I'm involved in. And um, when we started the Corona Diaries podcast, the thing that straight away happened was Steve and I both realised that we knew Miles. And the reason that Steve knew Miles was because he lived in the same village. So he'd got to know him because if you're a musician and there's somebody else in the village that works in the audio industry, you tend to get to know each other. And some people say, oh, so-and-so, he does that. And then before you know it, you strike up a conversation and it goes on from there. So Stephen and Miles became, uh, became, became quite tight. And at that point, I reconnected with Miles because he started listening to the podcast. So we then reconnected and we saw each other a couple of times at gigs. I'd, I'd, I'd been seeing him over the years at running gigs anyway, so I knew that he was a bit of a fan. And then I saw him at various places. I think I saw him at the Royal Albert Hall, I think, not quite sure. And I definitely saw him at H Natural gigs. And we were also, he was a, we, we, we strava stalked each other. In fact, he was very, very generous. He's very good at sort of liking, liking runs and being very supportive in a way that I'm, I'm as, as we know, because I've talked about it, I'm terrible at. So um, I found out in LA that uh, the funeral was, was Friday and it was not a question. It was just not a question. I, was, I, I, I wanted to go. So. I, I, I got up early, but, you know, left the house seven-ish to get down, 11.15 start, um, and um, Steve was there with, uh, with the family, with Lanester and Vibes, and, and, and the funeral was beautiful, absolutely beautiful, but it lasted for about an hour and a half, and it was, it, 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 you know, it wasn't a religious ceremony, ceremony, but there was lots of incredibly moving uh, memories, insights, tributes. Um, and it was beautiful, but it was it was draining because it was an emotional it was an emotional ride for you know for 90 minutes. Um, Steve uh, got up and uh, he got up and sang. Um, he did a George Harrison song, "All Things Must Pass," which was absolutely beautiful with just an organ. And it was just one of those you know incredible incredible experiences. Um, and as I say, it was draining, um, really, really draining. Um, but I knew I had to be there. Just no, you know, no debate. Just had to be there. And I don't know what else to say about it other than that. It's a, a weird way to end the week. It's it's the reason why I'm out for a walk because I just needed some headspace. Driven back, needed some headspace. Um, thinking about miles, but also thinking about. You know, a man a few years older than me, two kids, 
similar sort of ages to Jack and Josh, a couple of years older, and you just think of the parallels. Um, a man that would have been full of life, you know, as we heard today, always smiling, never really had a, a nasty word to say about anybody, so I don't fit into that camp, certainly. Um, and just a lovely, lovely man. And it's difficult when you look at those situations and you think, well, you know, he would have been a great granddad. He would have been a fantastic granddad. He was obviously a great father uh, and a great husband. And, and I mean, the turnout was incredible, really was. So many people had taken miles to the hearts, which is, which is lovely. But then you just look and go, well, you know, what would, it, what would that extra 20 or 30 years look like? So you do have to grab it, I guess. And I know it's, a, it's an offset thing. And we come back from events like that, but you do have to grab it. You really do have to grab it and you have to live it. So I'm, from being not too bothered about going to Wembley tomorrow to see Sheffield United get absolutely thrashed by Man City, what I'm now doing tomorrow is going to Wembley with Josh and whatever, and my dad, uh, and my brother to be fair, and my niece, quite a lot of us really. Um, and, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna love it for every moment that it is, just because that, that's a memory. We're gonna make a memory tomorrow. Forget the football, we're gonna make a memory tomorrow. Um, and that's what, that's what, I'm, I'm kind of doing it for Miles really, I'm not, I'm doing it for me, but you know what I mean. That's, that's Miles' little message to me, is, is go away tomorrow and make a memory. So I'm going to go and make a memory tomorrow. Uh, and on that, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with this. And apologies, for, I'm gonna, probably going to go with this, irrespective of what the audio is like. So apologies if the audio is not what it all normally is, and apologies for the bits where I've been running up hills. But it's where I am. It's where I am today. It's where I am this week. It's not the most interesting TFM. I do apologise for that. Um, but it is probably exactly where my head's at at the moment. So another, another few days sleep. And I'm sure I'll be ranting away next week or getting very, very exercised about something. But for the time being, this one's for you, Miles. Um, you know, rest, rest well and, and thank you. Thank you for, for something I didn't know. I knew well, but not that well. Thank you for what today has, has reminded me of. And on the back of that, stay safe. I'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Um, and, and that's it. Just have a great weekend. If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.